What is up, guys? Welcome to the latest edition of the Jags Den podcast via the Jaguars Wire of USA Today. I am joined here by the Jaguars Wire guru, Mr. James Johnson, and also Jacob DeLawrence. Gentlemen, how's it going this afternoon? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, just chilling, enjoying a nice, lovely day here in Florida. Same here for me in Georgia, except for it's a little rainy. Uh, but I'm glad to be back to talk the latest in Jags news. Absolutely, guys. Glad to have everybody back together and uh, talk about uh, talk about some Jaguars football. The NBA season just ended last night. The NHL season ended two nights ago. Uh, I believe baseball is going on. I'm not really sure, but it's football season as far as we're concerned. 24-7, 365. That's what we're going to bring to you here. I do want to mention that you will be able to catch this uh, if you don't if you don't get to listen uh, right away. You can always. Uh, listen to the Jags Den podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Jaguars OTAs, as well as a very interesting uh, interesting thought that our own James Johnson had regarding one uh, Thomas Brady. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him. He was He's a pretty good footballer. Um, he's had some minor success in the league. I believe he's only been in... For a short 18 seasons, but we'll get into that here <laughs> just a, in just a little bit. Um, we want to touch a, uh, first here on s- some uh, s- some news from the other day, guys, with Brandon Albert um, returning to minicamp after uh, what was assumed a, a brief holdout. He said he's he says that he's here and he's ready to go. Gentlemen, what do you think on Brandon Albert showing up and his the rough start he had to uh, to OTAs the other day? Well. I guess I'll say I'm glad he's back. Um, but the uh, more I look at film on him, I don't know like that he'll make that big of a difference than Kelvin Beecham did at left tackle. I guess we'll have to see. But, I mean, I, I have said that basically uh, Albert is a guy that, you know, the line is better with him than without him. And uh, that goes for um, for Cam Robinson as well. So both of those guys do need to be on this offensive line. Glad he's back. Uh, Doug Marone said he had a little bit of a rough start today. I mean, that's granted that he's been, you know, not attending LTAs. So, you know, it's going to take a little while to get in the groove of things. But I'm glad he's back. Um, You know, he didn't want those fines to start piling up, as uh, Ryan O'Halloran had tweeted out. And uh, that being said, um, we can now rock and roll. Everybody's at camp. For the most part, they're they're a healthy team. Uh, You know, it's just a matter of, you know, them putting it all together and taking in the coaching. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, like we said in the last podcast, we really doubted that he would miss any or much of minicamp at that. And sure enough, he shows up on day one ready to go. Of course, he's going to look a little rusty. Like you said, he skipped OTAs. He's been uh, working out with a boxing coach, so he's quote-unquote in shape. We right. just don't know if it's football shape. And uh, the line is better with him versus without him because it's one less hole that you have to fix because if he's not there then you have to go all right so i move him from guard to take his spot now i gotta put somebody there it becomes too many moving pieces right whether his performance is going to be good or bad is one less problem and that's the most important thing in this case yep yeah like you said jacob you know he said he's in in shape we're not so we're not sure what shape that is uh whether it be uh football shape or not uh, mike k our, our good buddy had uh quoted him in his, his article with first coast news is uh albert sta- stating uh i got my body right my body is pretty beat up after the last three years of being in miami 
mentally, spiritually, and physically, the past three years took a toll on me. Great, that's fantastic, awesome. I, you know, that's we're that's really what we want to hear. Um, so well, I guess we'll see how it how it all plays out. But just like you guys said, you know, it's the it's his first day back. There's plenty of time between now and and uh, and and week one. So we will see how uh, how how that goes. Um, I want to touch on some other topics here, guys. Is there any anything else in terms of training camp you wanted to point out, Jay or Jacob? Um, not in particular, because it's, I mean, I guess you could say, like, right now it's just, like, the first day of minicamp. It ain't really too much to report about because the fans can't attend. And the media has coverage, but it's a limited amount that they can say. So, really, we don't really know all that much other than, you know, Brandon Albert reported. But in terms of the specifics of practice, you know, it's probably not too much that we can report unless uh, Jacob can think of something off the top of his head. Honestly, there's really not much I can think of. I mean, we did invite a few people in for minicamp to try out. But like you said, it's kind of basically close practice and it just started. Not giving us much to talk about. Oh, in typical Jags form. Typical Jags form. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the year where, where guys like us are just kind of grasping at straws, trying to find something to talk about. So um, one thing that uh, um, I did see notated here, um, that we wanted to discuss, James, is, is Doug Marone's comments. What did he have to say about Brandon Albert? Yeah, basically, um, like I was saying earlier, he was saying that, you know, um, Brandon, being that he was out, you know, he was he's basically paraphrasing him. He was a little rusty, uh, this, that, and the other. Um, but, you know, they are basically glad to have him back. Um, the line is better with Albert, as me and Jacob have said. And, um, you know, I think it's just a matter of Marone was basically saying, you know, it's a matter of him getting in football shape. And, uh, you know, that will come in time. Uh, there's plenty of uh, training camp to be had and um, even uh, some more mini camp, two more mini camp days to um, to get right. So, uh, yeah, we'll see in due time. I'm more interested, though, in where he's played in terms of on the line. And I guess we'll know more about that along the lines of training camp. Yeah, and and, and um, also just to, to kind of follow up on uh, on that as well, Jade. Uh, Jacob, I'm interested to get your, your take on this. And um, the consensus seems to be all around pretty much the same. But are you okay with, with Brandon Albert missing uh, missing some time and, and coming back now? Um, and ultimately, it, it is voluntary, you know, the time that he missed. So, uh, But some it does rub some fans the wrong way. Jacob, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's one of those situations where he's not a rookie, he's a vet. We get you been up there, you've been through this, you kind of want to take time where you can get it. So I understand you wanting to miss OTAs. I don't need to put myself through that unnecessary bit. But at the same time, it's a new coach, it's a new team for you. Not a good way to start, especially when Tom Coughlin is sitting in the shadows looking like, uh, son, come on now. Right. And Tom Coughlin is... um. Somebody that Brandon Albert has said endorsed him. So, you know, that's the wrong foot to start on on somebody that put some faith in you, enough faith in you to trade for you. And um, I mean, that being said, though, I mean, you can look at it from this perspective as a fan. You know, this was that was 10 less sessions that Albert could have got hurt because he does have an injury pass. And I know, you know, that it was just in basically underwear, as they say, for OTAs. You know, it's no pass or none of that. But still, I mean, that's just less opportunities for him to get injured. So, I mean, yeah, he could have been there 
for, you know, the sake of the new regime. But at the same time, I don't think it'll really in the long run affect things that much in terms of his play. And I think that's all that matters when it's all said and done. Yeah, I think JB kind of hit the nail on the head there. It was it was a lot of Jaguars fans first impression of him and, and him not being there, but also at the same time. Less uh, opportunity for him to get to, to get injured. So, uh, you know, I think in the long run, as 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 well as you guys do think, it will it'll play out just fine. Um, one thing that's uh, kind of interesting going into this year's training camp for the Jaguars is uh, something that's kind of been up in the air the last uh, for a considerable amount of time, pretty much since Maurice Jones Drew left. Is we pretty much know who our feature back is going to be, and that would be our number one uh, overall pick. And um, there's been some talk about the potential of maybe TJ Yeldon uh, being the odd man out in that backfield and maybe not making the final roster. Do you guys think that will actually happen? Has he just been so underwhelming that it's just time to kind of move on, especially with with um, with the direction that we seem to be going? Uh, Yeldon, this is what, Yeldon's third year? Yep. Second, third third year yeah year three you, it's kind of early to be cutting you know ties with him considering how you burnt the first round pick on him yelden Se- second Ivory, round pick, right yeah you said yes second, round. second, yeah, round, second pick. round pick i second think it was like the first selection of the second round or something he was close to the the front part of the second round but he was a second right round he's pick. early enough of a pick where it's kind of too early to be cutting him when you took that high of a pick and used it on him right I mean, Yeldon, Fournette, Ivory, why not keep all three? One of those three is bound to get hurt, as history has proven, as Yeldon and Ivory, especially Ivory, aren't the most durable backs. Keep all three in just in case of emergency. Or maybe move Ivory to the role that Shoelace played. But I don't see the, I don't see the logic in cutting Yeldon. Trade him before you cut him. Right, right. I'll say this. Um, yeah, now that Shoelace is out of the equation, that they're minus one less back that made the main roster, uh, so to speak. So, uh, yeah, I don't see the logic in cutting him because you kind of cripple yourself. Um, I know, like, one thing that people have been high on is Corey Grant, who I really like, too, with the speedster from Auburn. And uh, a lot of people seem to think that he needs more of an opportunity and, um, you know, that basically Yeldon is taking opportunities from him and Yeldon hasn't proved anything with the opportunities that he's been given. So that being said, I I guess that's where this idea of him being cut comes from. But uh, that being said, I mean, you look at it and cutting Yeldon, you would just have uh, what is it? Fournette, Ivory and Grant. I mean, typically teams don't go into to the regular season with just three running backs, even if you got a fullback. So that would be unwise, in my opinion. Um, I think you keep them at least one more year. Um, and, and as Jacob said, you know, they have shown to be injury prone. Um, in the cl- well, I, I won't say Leonard Fournette necessarily, but he did struggle from in- injuries his last year at LSU. So you always have to look out for that as well, not just Ivory and Yeldon. And basically, you know, we really haven't seen that much of Corey Grant, so we don't know if he's a starter caliber running back. So, you know, you're kind of dealing with the unknown there. So um, for now, I say keep him personally. Corey Grant did get some opportunities last year, and if I remember correctly, he did have some issues holding on to the football. Um, I do remember that. Of course, he was very impressive with his speed, and, you know, that's that's entertaining. It's sexy. That's what people want to see. So I think that's why a lot of us are very – um, a lot of fans are very intrigued to see what Corey Grant can do in a larger role. Um, I do believe he was 
he was uh, on special teams returning kicks for a little bit, wasn't he? Correct. He, um, I think he returned kicks or punts. And um, one thing I do want to chime in on is, I guess, like, what it depends on with Grant or how many running backs they keep, which I'm thinking it'll be all of the guys we just mentioned, um, is, you know, how do they front load the rest of the offense? You know, how do they go with 10 offensive linemen? Therefore, taken from another position, do they go heavy on tight end? Because there's a lot of guys that are behind Mercedes Lewis jostling for position. So, you know, I think we have to wait more towards, you know, training camp to see who, like, gains ground on who in terms of positions. Because, you know, it is some parts of the offense that are unknown in terms of how many people the Jaguars are going to keep. And it's very early to tell. Yeah, I guess I'll see. Well, we will see how it goes, um, you know, for – Going in with four running backs isn't the worst thing, you know. You get, you get. Um, uh, of course, I think we know that Leonard Fournette will, uh, will hopefully solidify his his place at the top, and then the other three can just kind of, we'll just kind of see how it goes. Um, three years in, and uh, he's had his moments, but overall, especially because of where he was drafted, I feel like he's been very underwhelming and very disappointing. Um, but you know, we are. Uh, Obviously, we're uh, reactions based, and we just react off what we see. So that's why we're t- we're kind of talking about it. But I'm kind of where you are, where you guys are. It doesn't really make too much sense to to get rid of them right now. Uh, why you know why not just hold on to all of them and and, and see where it goes. Um, that's pretty much it in terms of uh, you know training camp and, and things like that. As, as I mentioned before, time of year where there's not really a lot going on, so you kind of grasp at some straws and just kind of find something to talk about. Which brings us to our to our next topic. I'm going to switch it up here a little bit, Jay, with the way that we have our Rundown. I want to talk about this first. Uh, one Ike Taylor uh, believes that the that our Jaguars are going to be the best team in Florida this year. So that uh, I'm comparing them to, of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then uh, the Miami Dolphins. I think that's uh, very interesting. I do have some thoughts on that. I want to hear what you guys think first. Uh, what do y'all think about uh, what do y'all think about Ike Taylor putting his uh, putting his chips in on the Jaguars this year? Yeah, Jacob had a little chuckle. I'm, I'm dying to hear this from him first. Uh, does Ike Taylor know something we don't know? Like, <laughs> just enlighten me. Let me see the light because I'm looking at this right now. The Jags, we understand the record. We were picking in the top five of the draft this past year. The Dolphins made the playoffs last year somehow. And the Bucks were right there until like the last two weeks. Now, let's see. The Bucks. Still have Jameis Winston. They picked up more weapons for Jameis. The defense seems to be solid. The Dolphins are the Dolphins, but you know they're they're always a wild card threat because they're never winning the division as long as Brady is there. So I'm just trying to figure out how a three and ten, I'm sorry, three and thirteen team is supposed to be the best team in the state when we have arguably the worst quarterback in the state. And no, just <laughs> I appreciate the optimism. I'll give you I'll give Ike Taylor the the best cornerback duel when he said Boye and Ramsey. I'll give him that. I Ike, I'm gonna need you to come on this podcast, go on NFL Network, something, explain this more to me. Because I'm not getting it. I wanna see it, but I'm just not getting it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna reach out to Ike on this. I doubt we can get a hold of him, but um you know, I got some NFL Network contacts. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. And uh, we can ask him personally. But um, from what I grasped from what he said, it was on um, the Dame Demoshek podcast of NFL Network. Very good podcast. Feel free to check that out, everybody. But anyway, from what I grasped, what this boils down to 
uh, in terms of Taylor's uh, prediction is he's very, very respective and respects Tom Coughlin. Um, he's always been a big fan of Tom Coughlin and his his way of disciplining people and um, his way with organizations and franchises. And he think that Tom Coughlin is basically the glue that could gel this team together. And, um, you know, he looked into their free agency pickups and what Coughlin and Caldwell did. And, you know, they added Calais Campbell, which, you know, that's one of the things that Taylor noted um, was, you know, they finally got that senior figure in their defense to help them defensively. As Jacob said, though, you know, they don't help you on the offensive end. But Taylor also seems to feel like Blake Bortles will put it together on offense because of what Coughlin has brought into the, the picture with Leonard Fournette. And, you know, they've added some some weapons on the offensive line with Cam Robinson and um, Brandon Albert. So they th- he, he feels that the Jaguars can better protect Blake Bortles with the run game, which should catapult them ahead of the other teams. If that'll happen or not, I don't know. Um, but I will say I understand his logic. Oh, yeah. By the way, he's big fans of uh, A.J. Boye and Jalen Ramsey as we just pointed out. So there's that as well. So I think, like I said, once again, it just boils down to his respect for Tom Coughlin. And he thinks the Jags are long overdue to uh, to succeed. And Leonard Fournette is the key in doing that. By the way, I don't mean to ramble on. Uh, Leonard Fournette is somebody that um, Ike Taylor also knows personally from being that they're from New Orleans. So that might also have something to do with it as well. Yeah, that's all great, Ike. Um, so... <laughs> 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 we still got Blake Bortles though. So, so we have picked in the Did he go to Vegas and put money on? <laughs> <laughs> that may have what it came down to. We have drafted a record, what is it, six times in a row in the top five or something like that, or top ten. So it's it's I know it's an NFL record. Um the only the thing that Jacksonville needs to be protected from is Blake Bortles. That is, as long as we have Blake Bortles. And remember the Dolphins, you talked about they were in the playoffs last year. They played very well against Pittsburgh with Matt Moore. And they did pretty yeah, well. There's no Tannehill. In that team. And Ryan Tannehill, who took a while to come on, he played very well last year. Um, Jameis Winston is one of my favorite players in the league. Um, right. He's a very rising guy, um, obviously, for ridiculous reasons we won't get into. But <laughs> that uh, that that team is just trending upward, and it's also that the, the NFC South, where somebody new wins it every single year. Why not Tampa this year? I, right. I, I they were my sleeper pick to kind of to win the division last year. Um, yes, we've made some some great additions, but the Jaguars haven't earned any kind of. They've lost. They've lost the opportunity with a lot of the fan base to be optimistic because every time this happens. And we get somebody coming in saying, oh, you know, Jacksonville is the best team. Uh, they had the best. Mike Greenberg from Mike and Mike picked the Jaguars to win the division last year. I remember yeah, that. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. Because comes off that draft, the kiss of death, the KOD. <laughs> I remember coming out of that draft with, you know, getting Ramsey and also getting Miles Jack. And then some of the other pieces they added, the whole talk of the town or the whole talk of the league was that Jacksonville had won this draft and we they were ready to compete, especially with Allen Robinson and Allen Her- uh, and Alan Hearns and, and the weapons we had. And and then we were in the position to pick in the top three again this year. So <laughs> right. I, I, I can appreciate what, what he's trying to do. And I, I guess I can kind of see because of the moves that we made. But at the end of the day, 
we haven't earned that kind of cachet to be put in that kind of conversation because they have no they they just look, look at the evidence look at what we've what we've had and and just that's all you have to look at so i i can appreciate the um the endorsement but as as somebody who's <laughs> it just I've just been dragged through the mud for the last <laughs> decade with this team and being there and being in that stadium and just feeling how just the energy you feel after another Jaguar loss until until we find a way to just be decent and not be embarrassing uh then we don't deserve that kind of that kind of praise. Cleveland used to be in that position but they got LeBron and they won a championship last year. Okay, Cleveland is Cleveland bought themselves another twenty years of of, of coasting, and also the the Indians are good. So they, you know, all we have the Jaguars have just been the the joke of the NFL for for a long, long time. We were we were just, we were good way before we were supposed to be going to those AFC championship games, and that was a magical time. But people got spoiled. And now this is what a real franchise. I mean, it took how long? The, the Saints had what 18, 20 losing seasons before they had a good, like a a, a good year. Like this is what it is to be a, a young NFL franchise, um, and that's that's really all there is to it, man. I like when I saw those comments, I was just really baffled by it. And so I'm glad we got to to talk about it here a, a little bit. But I, I, I anything else you guys want to add? I mean, no, like in his situation, I guess like, you know, for us as fans, you know, it's fine for us to be pessimistic because we pay our money and go to the stadium. But I guess from his perspective, you know, NFL Network pays him regardless of how ridiculous his takes are, you know, to to others. And, you know, that is, you know, he ain't had nothing to lose by saying it. I mean, and not saying he doesn't really believe it, but, you know. Oh, he has everything to lose. (laughs) I mean, I I can argue not, but I mean, because he's made some crazy notions before and, you know, he's still getting paid from NFL Network. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, that, that being said, like I said, I mean, yeah, for us, from the the fans perspective, we, we really know what's up. But, you know, hey, in, in his situation, another thing is what if he guesses right on this? Then he's going to be looking like the genius amongst NFL Network and ESPN. Hire him immediately. <laughs> Come to Jacksonville. If yes. he's right. I would love for him to be right. I just right. and until until we're proven otherwise, I just don't I don't think he is right. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I just don't see it. There's nothing Okay, I'll take that back. If this was going into last season coming off of the what was it, eight and eight, seven and nine, almost won the division. Mm-hmm. We were coming off of that trip, season. Trip on the division. Maybe I, you know, I would probably give him go. Okay, you know what? That's a semi-valid point. Right. But no, just I don't see it. I understand the respect that everybody has for Coughlin, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, he's not on the sideline calling plays. Another thing I want to chime in on the too. show. Yeah, I didn't go want to cut you off. I, I do remember Ike saying that one thing because um the other guest that was on the podcast said the Dolphins, and Ike was saying he don't believe in Tannehill. So that that also has something to do with it. I don't know. I mean, that doesn't speak for Tampa, but he was saying he thinks Tannehill, and I'm paraphrasing him here, is overrated or did better than he should have. But he doesn't. He's not a believer in Tannehill. So I guess you know that that crippled the Miami perspective at least. Yeah, I agree with him on that. But I mean, even with that statement, we have the third best quarterback in the state. It goes good, Jameis, bad, Jameis, and then you can argue Moss Bortles and Tannehill. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Who's Tampa's backup? 
I don't know. Let's let's Not take like, a look because <laughs> Glennon took that 17 mil and went to Chicago. Right, right. I I mean, just this is just you know one of those terrible questions because you you would never really know. But I think I think with the talent on the team, Jameis Winston definitely gets this team to the playoffs. You can argue that Ryan Tannehill gets this team to the playoffs with the weapons they have. The, he has Jarvis Landry and um, uh, Jay Ajayi. Ajayi. Um, those are two great weapons, but. What would he? What Blake Bortles has had to work with here offensively, we definitely should have had more success. Just like you said, Jacob, if we had been coming off the season where we should have won the division, Blake Bortles threw for what was it, thirty something touchdowns and you know three thousand yards, whatever it was, coming off there, and then we added Leonard Fournette, and then we added AJ Boye, and then we added Clayus Campbell. Yeah, then you know what? There's some momentum there, but just coming off just another disappointing year, it's just really strange to me um, that he would go that route, but. Right. I, I found out who not. backups are, by the way, for um, well, at least Patrick. one of them. Matt Murray, <laughs> so who is it? Who is it in Tampa? Yes, yeah, Patrick. Fitzpatrick. Right. Oh my gosh, that's okay. I, I didn't know it. Okay. Well, right. so we might have the fourth best quarterback in the state. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick has been much more successful recently. So um, they, you can argue they both had equally terrible seasons last year. So. I don't know, man. Uh, we'll we'll see how it all plays out. I, like I said, we just wanted to to touch on that because it uh, turned a lot of heads and um, for for the, for good reason. So, man, Ike, I hope you're I hope you're right. I hope you come on this podcast down the line and tell us we were all wrong and how terrible what terrible fans we are. And uh, <laughs> at that, so the last thing that we want to touch on, I wanted to save it for last, teased it at the beginning of the show. Our own James Johnson has an interesting theory uh, based off of a uh, um, it was an NBC Sports article, correct? That, that's where it was from that you sent? Yeah, it was from a um, local NBC, um, I guess from a local NBC um, analyst from Boston or the Boston area. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm actually uh, uh, yeah pulling that up right now. Uh, Mr. Uh, Tom, Tom Curran, um, that's who wrote up this article. And uh, or Coran, I apologize if I'm if I'm uh, butchering your name there, Tom. Sorry about that. But uh, James had an interesting theory, uh, and the, pretty much the gist of this article is stating that looking at Bill Belichick's history and his resume, the way that he he treats players, that essentially that nobody is above the Bill Belichick and the Patriot way. And Tom Brady is uh, may may go down as the the best quarterback that's ever played. Um, there, there's no, no arguing that um, he, he may be number one uh, at the best. He'll be top three. Um, but the way that the Patriots do things, of course, as we've seen, nobody is a n- nobody is uh, unexpendable. They they they're notorious for getting rid of players when they're still kind of towards the end of their prime, but um, still very valuable to other people. Essentially, what this article is stating is that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a free agent at the end of this season. Tom Brady's not getting any younger. Are we going to see Tom Brady in another uniform sooner than we than we expect? Tom Brady wants to play till he's 70 years old. He wants to play until he literally falls over on, on the field. Right. And James, I'm I'm not going to spoil it, but you seem to think something very interesting may come of this. So why don't you tell and tell people about it? Yeah, I think what it boils down to is and they they did say this in the um the article that basically from what they get this job the Patriots job is going to have to be pried from Tom Brady's cold hands in other words this man wants to retire at the age of roughly 45 as the Patriots starting quarterback unless something gets in the way of that 
So that being said, if you're the Patriots, if you're Bill Belichick, you know, do you sit and wait until Tom Brady retires, which will be longer than, you know, they expect maybe? Because when Father Time kicks in, basically, it comes in fast. It might hit you, you know, one season, you uh, week one, you, you it hits you like Peyton Manning, basically. The zip's gone, this, that, and the other. And, you know, if you're the Patriots, you don't want to get caught with Tom Brady when this happens, basically. And they're gonna, it's going to come a time next year, I think it is, in 2018, where, as Phil said, they're going to have to make a decision on Garoppolo. And basically... Him and Brady can't get paid, okay? It's one of those guys has to get paid clear cut and dry. They can't pay both of them because Garoppolo wants to be a starter. He wants starter caliber money. Belichick is not going to pay both of those guys. Looking at how he works the cap, he's not going to pay both of those guys what they want. Uh, Brady, I forget what the number he's on the hook for, but bottom line is they both can't get paid what they want and start. So that being said, they came up with this theory on NBC, uh, Boston's NBC, that basically that, how do I put it, Garoppolo, the, the, basically the Patriots are going to have to choose Garoppolo over Brady, they feel like. Unless, you know, they put Brady above the Patriot way and just continue with him. Or they're going to have to let Garoppolo go. It's going to come down to one of the two. So I'm under the conclusion that they could. Like I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think they might let Brady go as opposed to Garoppolo because, as I said, you don't want to get caught with Brady when age starts to kick in, and then, you know, you're just screwed, especially if you let Garoppolo go. So that being said, you know, Brady's father was saying it could be messy. It could get messy, and, you know, even Brady's acknowledged that it can get messy like Joe Montana and, you know, like, you know, other situations in the league have gone if he continues to be a Patriot to avoid that. I think that it's a possibility that Bill Belichick could reach out to Tom um, Coughlin and trade Brady to the Jaguars as a result, because they're good friends. It avoids a messy hangover. And, you know, you, you send them to a team that actually, when you look at it on paper is one quarterback away from being good. They have talent. So he would be with Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, and Leonard Fournette. So even if age starts to creep up, Leonard Fournette is right behind you to hand the ball off. So, you know, age is not that much of a factor as we saw with Peyton Manning in his last days with the Denver Broncos. You know, you can win with defense and a good run game. And I think if age creeps in on Tom Brady, the Jaguars could do the same. So that's where I'm at at it. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's a lot of reasons that it could happen. And those reasons are the friendship between uh, Tom Coughlin and Belichick. The Jaguars actually have talent, and the Jaguars have a phenomenon at running back, or at least they think that could help Brady if age creeps in. So uh, I want to hear Jacob's take on uh, the whole thing. Uh, let's pull up the article. Brady's on the hook for 14 mil, which is not a lot. So you can easily move that, no problem. And if they franchise Garoppolo, it'd be roughly 22 mil, which means you're paying your backup more than your starter, who's won one, two, three, four, five Super Bowls. So the thing with Brady is, the way I look at this, I look at it like Favre and Rodgers, honestly. Brett wasn't leaving Green Bay come hell or high water, and they just eventually forced him out. Right. I feel like Brady, to avoid a mess, may just go out in the sunset. Just say, all right, you know what? I don't want to play anywhere else. I've been a Patriot my whole career. I made this franchise. Let me rephrase that. I brought this franchise back from the dead and just I'm going home. You know, he might pull a Romo just like, all right, you know what? I'm going to go home. 
I could probably still play, but I'm just going to go home. And I don't see Belichick trading his boy, honestly. I just I don't see it. Because there's no Brady. Belichick's not considered the greatest coach ever. And you can also say the vice versa. No Belichick, Brady, you know. Right. So they're tied to the hip, basically. It's like Popovich and Duncan. Right. One of them's got to just retire and go home. And it's probably going to be Brady just to avoid the mess. Mm-hmm. Or maybe yeah, I mean, he's stubborn and just... Wants to be Brett Favre and be a gunslinger and just, hey, I'm going to play Tom 44. <laughs> and we see how that worked out for Favre, one right. pick six away from a Super Bowl. So, so I mean, I will say you this, know. though. You know, you you were saying they tied at the hip. But, and I don't, I'm not a big Skip Bayless fan. But one thing Skip brought up, and that was interesting to me, what if Bill Belichick wants to prove to everybody that he can do it without Tom Brady? And what if Tom Brady... <laughs> On the other side, wants to prove that he can do it without Bill Belichick. He's already you know? kind of done that without Tom Brady. I, I mean, say he, they've won the division without Brady, and they had a good playoff run without Brady. But he hasn't won a Super Bowl with them. Like Belichick might seriously, because I mean, they the price tag that they put on Jimmy Garoppolo was ridiculous. From what we hear, I mean, we don't know the ex- exactly what they wanted, but it was roughly along the lines of three first round picks, something that they weren't going to get, and they knew they weren't going to get. So they they obviously see something in this kid, and I'm inclined to think for three first-round picks or four first-round picks, they think that Jimmy Garoppolo could take them to the Super Bowl one day. And I think that Belichick believes that, and he might be inclined to try and do that without Brady one day. And, I mean, Brady's stubborn. I mean, we, we know we've seen the documentaries, man. We've seen him on the sidelines. You know, I don't know if Brady would just lay down and ride off into the sunset like that because he is a stubborn individual. Now, I'm not saying it'll necessarily be with the Jaguars or, you know, whatever team it'll be with. But all I'm saying is basically the Jags have the talent to convince him. I mean, Tom Coughlin is somebody that's beaten Tom Brady in two Super Bowls. So he has Brady's respect as well. So there's that as well. So I th- I just think it's a lot of connections uh, in terms of the logistics that could maybe sway Tom. I mean, and. Furthermore, we have the cap space to pay Tom Brady whatever he wants. That's another thing that to consider. So, I mean, I, I th- I mean I'm just thinking, you know, if it were to happen, and, and they did say that if it does happen, it might happen abruptly. We might not even see it coming. One day we might wake up and Tom Brady's been traded. And if that happens, don't be surprised if it's the Jacksonville Jaguars for the reasons I just listed. I mean, that's feasible. Also, you just look around the league. Where else is Brady going to go? Right. It's it's I can't think of any teams of well Arizona that's one um, Bruce Arians I'm Maybe. sure would love to have him and Carson Palmer is old and not performing as Tom Brady is at the age of you know thirty plus so I mean that's one that sticks out um, the Denver Broncos they could try to Peyton Manning thing all over again even though they got Paxton Lynch waiting in the wings um, I don't think he's ready yet. His film showed that he wasn't ready last year or probably won't be ready this year. So uh, those are two guys. Um, but those I mean, those are two teams that I can think of off the top of my head. I couldn't really imagine that Jacksonville could handle the type of Jacksonville would explode if a, <laughs> if a caliber player of Tom Brady came to town. Um, for those of you who have never we assume that most of the fan base, of course, is is located in Jacksonville. Now, if, if you've never been to Jacksonville, it's the largest city in terms of landmass 
in Florida, but it's not really, it doesn't feel like a big city. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's got, yeah, it has an NFL team because of a miracle and it's amazing. And that's why I always tell people who are just down on the team, you know, yes, it's, it's frustrating, but you can, you're not supposed to have this team. If you look at the other cities that were up, you know, up for getting this uh, this franchise, mm-hmm. Jacksonville had no business being in the discussion, and the way and, and the, the fact that they got it is is a miracle in itself. With the changes that are being made, and the upgrades that have been made to the stadium, um, I have not personally been to the amphitheater yet, but a couple of my friends have gone and said it's incredible. Um, the end goal is definitely to get the NFL draft here, which I think that we will within the next couple of years. And that's going to be very important because it's going to give the entire league a chance to see our fan base, and, the, and they have we have to show out. We everybody has to go out there and, and be awesome and, and do their part because it, our role as fans is going to be just as important as as the actual team. Um, the stadium itself is ranked among the top, uh, you know, the top stadiums in the league just based off fan experience. It's an older stadium. It doesn't have you know one of those. It's not a spaceship like the one out here in Arlington that I drive by all the time that just doesn't look even real, but it's, it's a lot of fun to go to these games, but it's still Jacksonville's still not a big city. I can't imagine Giselle <laughs> going, to, going to Hooter. Landing, I thought about you know? that. <laughs> you know? I thought I about that. Her, I couldn't imagine her going to suite at the town center or anything like that, but Hey, we are, they are getting an Ikea. So <laughs> I mean, Jacksonville's a city on the rise, but just, uh, just the thought of a guy like Tom Brady, Tom mm-hmm. Brady is, international and not even just for people who who uh, who watch football right he's internationally known a lot because of Giselle and that's one of the reasons he I think he's he's been okay with taking less money Giselle makes more money than him so I I don't think I mean yes Jacksonville will have the money to pay him but he I don't think he'll really care about it at that point he just want he'll just want to keep playing and I I think Arizona would be a, a more likely destination as opposed to to Jacksonville now you we're thinking maybe a year or two down the road the weapons that we have here in Jacksonville, I think, will hopefully be a lot more appealing. I would love to see it. I wanted them to go get Tony Romo. I wanted that to happen, um, but that unfortunately never never came to fruition. I I won a Super Bowl with Tony Romo and Madden, and art imitates life. So I really, <laughs> I really thought that was going to. I thought that was a great idea. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. But I love the train of thought, and and especially with with Tom Coughlin being here. Maybe I just I just can't imagine how that city would react if Tom Brady came here and uh, with all those Super Bowls and and played even one season in Jacksonville. I think it would be incredible. And, and Jay, I can't wait to wait to read your write up on it. I think it's going to be going to be a huge topic of discussion. I can't wait to hear what everyone has to say about it. Um, right. But yeah, I guess that's just uh, you know what we wanted to 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 touch on is that. Very, very interesting thought that uh, that Jay had, and man, uh, just the thought, like I said, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. But guys, that's pretty much, uh, pretty much all we have for for this one today. Um, a lot of fun. Glad we, after some some technical difficulties, we tried to do a Google Hangout for y'all. It did not want to work for whatever reason. Just one setback after another. So we're gonna try that again in the future and put some some faces to names that you guys see here. Um, everybody's doing just such an, such an awesome job and I'm just, uh, um, honored to be along for the ride guys. So, um, Jay, Jake, why don't you go ahead and, um, uh, uh, tell us what you're, what you're working on and, and, um, give us uh, where, or give the listeners where they can find you and, and all that kind of stuff. 
Right. Of course, uh, you know, I'm going to be working on <laughs> what we just talked about. Tom Brady article, uh, more mini camp stuff. Um, as you all have seen, I got mini camp stuff up currently, uh, you know, in terms of, um, you know, key things to look out for in mini camp, even though fans can't go this year. Uh, in terms of uh, what the media reports, some things to look out for, tidbits here and there. Um, and um, other, aside from that, you know, it's just going to be some more podcasts and um, other writings. So um, feel free, as Phil said, follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and tune in. Follow us at the Jaguars Wire on Twitter. That's the Jaguars Twitter handle. The Jags Den Podcast Twitter handle is at Jags Den Podcast. And you can follow me at Sports Grind underscore done and as usual i enjoyed uh being on with the fellas today uh yeah uh one last thing on brady before i just wrap this up mm-hmm. there was a sports illustrated cover when uh mj came back to the wizards where it was mike in the middle and it had four shadows and it said championship that would be the front page of every single newspaper in the jacksonville area <laughs> if brady ended up as a jag but the it's shadows brady. would be like Allen robinson and leonard fournette and like her nah, we need, <laughs> now you're gonna stick them in there we're just gonna keep the shadows it's just like <laughs> championship jacksonville oh man i would love to see it happen i would love to see it thinking about it, i mean i'm getting off topic here i don't even think i could write that article because i'll be like i would faint like i would have to pass it off to like jacob or like or phil to a friend today, and i'm pretty sure if the Jaguars ever win a Super Bowl, that might be a you might never ever hear from me again because the <laughs> thought of it is just so crazy to me. When the I'm a I've been a Mavericks fan since 2000, <clears throat> year 2000. When they won a championship a few years ago, I almost died because I didn't know how to process it. Because <laughs> it's waiting so long, and as I haven't had a team, those are my that and the Longhorns are the only two teams that have ever won a championship. And I don't know, and I've been a Jaguar fan since they were since I was seven years old when they were born. I don't think my mind could process that happening. I think I would just explode. I would spontaneously combust if they won a, a Super Bowl. And you guys would never <laughs> me again. Me too. That's what man. Would me too. And and I mean, like you said, I'm a I'm a Georgia Bulldogs fan. They haven't won since the eighties before I was born. You know, I'm a Braves fan. Haven't seen the Braves win a win a you know a World Series since 1995. It was so like I couldn't process. Like my team sucked. No way around it. You well, know? y'all got some sports teams. <laughs> so you know, like my teams ain't really giving me any nationals or or championships to remember from. You know, and I mean in the 90s I was five when the Braves won. So like I can't even really I can't tell you who was on that team other than like Maddox and. I think John Smoltz and maybe Chipper Jones. And I'm just going off the top of my head. I don't know. But, uh, Glavin. Tom Glavin. Yeah, Tom Glavin. I, yep, I remember that as well. But, yeah, I'm the like fact Phil. The only one, one championship, by the way, is probably the most disappointing thing ever. <laughs> that, that, how that team <laughs> I mean, they won. went to three, though, right? They went to three. They ran into Kirby Puckett. I don't think that ball has landed yet. And then they <laughs> lost to the Yankees. So, Yeah, but I couldn't process it, y'all. Like, I just need some <laughs> clarification that if I faint and can't write this article, that somebody's going to be able to write it. Like, whether it be Jacob, Coach, you know, Thomas, Phil, I need clarification that somebody's going to be able to write this for me <laughs> if I can't, man, because we, we got to get some money off of this thing, man. I think I, I, I got you. Thing, but yeah, well, man, I can't even imagine. <laughs> and everybody is reporting that Tom Brady is going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, <laughs> except for the Jags wire. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> he did this 
This is all your fault. <laughs> yep. But hell oh, yeah, go right ahead, man. Plug your handles, Jacob, man. <laughs> of course, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at underscore J Della. That's J D E L A. And as far as what I'm working on, you can always catch me thinking of something controversial to make the Jags fan base <laughs> mad at me. I'm I'm sorry, I just speak facts. I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry, okay? That's okay. I'll take it easy on Bortles. <laughs> It's off season. I wait till week one to kill. And other than that, just catch me on a uh, Just Jazz Ray covering music, sneakers, and the culture in general. Oh yeah, one last thing: anybody um, willing to sponsor, shoot us an email at Jags Den Podcast or uh, Jags Den Podcast at Gmail dot com. We take free swag as well. Yes, we do. <laughs> NFL Wire <Always>. Store. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. So as always, it's fun. Um, I'm Phil, the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O. Um, just uh, you can catch me out at um, Hyenas Dallas, Hyenas Plano, um, Backdoor Comedy Club. No shows booked right now. Um, unfortunately, I still do have a, uh, a normal big boy job as well. So I uh, haven't had anything booked, but I will be having some news coming up here pretty soon. But guys, it's always been, as always, it's been fun. Uh, we'll see y'all next time. Thank you so much for, for joining the Jags and podcast. Y'all be safe and uh, take care. We'll see you next time. <laughs>